the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by Border Hawk News on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador. George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas, on this September 18th, 2021, and we have a pack load of information and news for you, my friends. Uh, we are brought to you courtesy of Border Hawk News, and I thank them for their sponsorship tremendously. We have got a major, major crisis that's that's gotten worse at the border. In fact, it's getting worse by the day, maybe by the hour. Um, we've got uh, some great guests who are going to be talking about it, but just to give you a heads up, this situation that we've got at the border right now, my friends, is the growing number of Haitians, mostly Haitians, that are arriving and crossing the river illegally, of course, into the Texas side, they are all located, locating underneath a bridge in Del Rio, Texas, waiting to be processed, as, as is commonly said nowadays. And these folks, uh, I mean, it, it, it started out with like about 2,000 and uh, about a week ago, and it has multiplied now to well over 10,000. And I think it's over that, over that uh, number at this point. Most of them are Haitians. And uh, among them, though, there are some Cubans, there are some Venezuelans, there are some uh, uh, Nicaraguans and a few others, but it's mostly a crowd of Haitians. And um, it's a powder keg, my friends, it's a powder keg. The question is, you know, how long will they uh, be controlled? How long will they wait there as they are being processed? Um, It can take up to three weeks to... uh, uh, to get the clearance so that they can come into the United States. Uh, we have seen in the past that uh, these folks uh, begin to demand, yes, demand entry into the United States. And uh, then they get violent and uh, they will riot. And, uh, you know, this is, uh, this, this is a powder keg right there in Del Rio. The Del Rio uh, mayor has spoken out, who is a Democrat. He is a, a, an ardent Democrat, or at least he was, maybe. But uh, he has spoken out about how the Biden administration has been mishandling this whole situation. Uh, in the meantime, the um, uh, Texas uh, uh, governor has tried to act. He initially declared that uh, the ports of entry were closed. Uh, and uh, then he backed down. Of course, the Biden administration jumped on, on him immediately, saying that you can't do that because... Uh, ports of entry are a federal uh, jurisdiction, and only the government, the federal government, can do that. And of course, he had to back down off of that. But I mean, my friends, something's got to be done. Something's got to be done. In the media, in in the meantime, uh, this number, this number is going to continue to grow uh, to get out of control. I mean, on Thursday, the estimated, or on Wednesday rather, the estimated number was eight thousand. On uh, Friday, it was ten thousand. <laughs> so, it it keeps growing. Uh, exponentially, and these folks—I mean, you know—they—they—they are waiting and demanding to enter the United States. Uh, this is not a question of where they are making an application for a an entry, uh, an orderly entry. No, no, no. They are demanding. In the meantime, the uh, some of the news that's coming out is uh, first of all, an, a Clinton, a Clinton appointed uh, judge, uh, Judge Emmett Sullivan, has ordered that uh, the removal of illegal aliens who test positive for COVID, that that, that can't happen anymore. 
uh, his in his ruling, my friends, he says that it's likely unlawful. That's his phrase. Likely unlawful to remove these uh, illegal aliens who have tested positive for COVID. I, it's amazing. I mean, th- th- it is absolutely outrageous how they how this is happening and how again they are endangering the lives of uh, of Americans. It is absolutely outrageous in the way they do. Uh, also, and uh, we reported a little bit about this last week, we've got the, the Biden administration restarting the Central America Minors Program uh, for kids. Supposedly, the idea is so, that, uh, is so that it makes it easier for children, for Central American children, to be brought to the United States, to be reunified, supposedly, with their families. But uh, what it's happening is that all it's doing is just encouraging even more, more uh, illegal immigration of kids uh, so that the parents or so that adults can enter the United States. The kids are being utilized. The kids are being used as a pawn to skirt the, um, the uh, immigration laws and processes. So, uh, again, it doesn't do anything, my friends. It doesn't do anything to help the kids. It just adds fuel to the fire for them to be misused, for them to be to be uh, brought in. Uh, it, 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 is, it, is, it is a policy that encourages child abuse. There's no two ways around it. it, is, it and, 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 you know, outrageously, there were two Nicaraguan kids, one age two and the other one uh, age something like maybe six months, who were uh, uh, found uh, at the edge of the river, who had just been abandoned there. I, I, you know, if there there was some type of reunification effort, where are the families? Where's information about reunifying them with the family? And if there is information about them to be reunified, isn't that? I, I mean, if an American citizen did that, they would ta- be taken up. Uh, they would be put in 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 chains practically for child abandonment, for uh, for uh, for all sorts of abuse of child of a child. But here we've got because it's an illegal alien because it's a humanitarian issue. They're going to let them. They're going to be let. They're going to uh, let these kids be reunited with the adults that perpetrated, that planned this uh, uh, outrageous act. And you, this is this is so awful, my friends. This is terrible. This is the absolute most uh, outrageous situation that we've got. Uh, when it comes to that, then there's of course the issue of uh, what is the state of Texas going to do about it? Because there's so many people who are demanding that the state of Texas do something now, immediately. Okay. Well, my friends, again, we've got to understand that there are legal interpretations, there are legal requirements, there are legal boundaries. First of all, the bo- the border is an international boundary. And, and so by definition, the federal government should be taking care of it. Now, there are people who are screaming and yelling and saying, well, no, the federal government uh, should not be, uh, if the federal government isn't protecting Texans, then the Texas government has got to do something and the governor is not doing it. It's not that simple, my friends. It's not that simple. The minute that Abbott, the, uh, Texas governor Greg Abbott acted to shut down the borders uh, on Thursday, he was shot down immediately by ACLU, by the Biden administration, by everybody, uh, and it would have been it would have tied everything up in the courts. So, I mean, even if it, if if you tried to do it now, there would be an immediate backlash, and you would be in court until the Supreme Court acted, and hopefully the Supreme Court would act within the week, at least. Maybe that's what needs to happen, but it's not that simple. It's not that simple. We have a government. We have a federal government that is failing to 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 protect us, failing to uh, allow uh, the border patrol to do their job. And it and that's the headache that we've got. How do we address it? How do we get? How do we force this situation? How do we force the uh, 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 the federal government to do its job when they don't want to do it? When they are actively yes, I will say it. When they are actively undermining the Constitution when they are actively uh, helping this invasion. That's what we need to do. That's where, where we need to come from. And again, you know, my friends, a lot of people say, well, you know, maybe we should take up arms. My friends, we can't get people to get to the polls. You want people to take up arms. 
We've got a real headache. And the biggest headache that we continue to have, my friends, is the mainstream media and its and the way that they are spinning, the way that they spin this whole situation. I want you to notice that there's very little said from the perspective of these illegal aliens coming uninvited and entering the country without permission. Yes, uninvited and without permission. Very little said. What they do talk about, what the mainstream media talks about, is the humanitarian toll, the humanitarian effort that we've got to do something for these refugees. They're not refugees. They're not migrants. They're illegal aliens. Let's get that straight. Let me tell you who's on our show, and then we will uh, go to our first guest. Our first guest is tremendous. Uh, my very, very good friend, Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Uh, he is literally down, uh, or he was, literally down at the, uh, at the border. Uh, and he was going to go across to Mexico to check it out, and we'll get a report about that at a later time. But uh, he tells us exactly what is happening under that bridge. Our next uh, guest is um, Mr. Ira Melman. From FAIR, from FAIR, the Federation for Immigration, for American Immigration Reform. Uh, and Ira's going to talk to us about how Washington has failed completely and totally. The Biden administration have failed totally to uh, address this problem that, that, just, that keeps getting worse on our border. And then our final guest is Mr. Jason Jones, who is, with, who is the uh, expert on border crime. And uh, Jason... Uh, is was also at the border uh, this past week in uh, in Del Rio, and he was going to give us an update of what is happening uh, as far as the cartels, the activity of the cartels, because, my friends, the cartels are making money left and right, and they are infiltrating into the United States. I mean, there's no two ways around it. They're they already here. They're in our backyard, and um, uh, they're buying off. They're buying off uh, uh, people to help them. Uh, but in my opinion, they're probably buying off uh, politicians at this point. I mean, they bought off politicians in Mexico left and right. They are a shadow government in Mexico. I guarantee that they have the potential to become that in many of our cities here in, here in, here in the United States. So, my friends, once again, thank you for joining us on this September 18th 2021, and I thank Border Hawk News for being our sponsor. Our program, of course, is pre-recorded, so uh, you know, please don't try to call the station and try to talk to us. Uh, you can, of course, send me an email, uh, g Rodriguez or g Rodrig uh, at uh, Gmail, uh, or contact the uh, station here, and they will be able to tell you how to get a hold of me. You can also go to Facebook, El Conservador. Uh, and uh, to my webpage, El Conservador, and you can contact me through there. So once again, my friends, I want to thank everyone for joining us and for supporting us. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Hi, folks, this is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM radio. And we've got our very, very good friend, Mr. Todd Benzman, with the Center for Immigration Studies. He is in Del Rio, uh, at the Del Rio uh, Bridge at the, uh, at the border there, because uh, it has uh, become an absolute crisis area. And I want him to talk to us and tell us what he is reporting and seeing and uh, and, and and just what's going on, Todd? Thank you for taking time right now for from your busy schedule. Uh, tell us uh, what's going on. What has happened is uh, remarkable in the border crisis. A new beachhead, as I'm calling it, has opened up in Del Rio. That is ten thousand strong, uh, at least was as of last night. Uh, immigrants are being allowed to pour through two breaches there at the river, which is low right now. Uh, and um, Haitians have poured through this thing in the last week, uh, very rapidly expanded their numbers from, you know, about 2,000 on Monday to 
10,000 last night and they're still coming in hundreds at a time. And this is really um, presenting a, uh, a humanitarian issue down there at the border uh, and also a, uh, a really uh, significant management concern for the Biden administration, which so far has said, has said nothing at all. Most of these are Haitians. There are some Cubans. I was in the uh, beachhead yesterday among them and saw them uh, you know, coming through the uh, administration's way or the Border Patrol's way of handling this right now is to hand each immigrant, once they come off the river, something like a carnival ticket, a numbered carnival ticket. And then with these, they get in a long, long line that is going to last three weeks. And so if you can imagine 10,000 people jammed in there for weeks at a time, they're building a village in there out of um, tree branches and tents and tarps and, uh, you know, figuring out how to get uh, food into the camp. Uh, there's, there are, you know, sanitation concerns. There are, there is trash everywhere. Uh, they have brought in more porta potties. <clears throat> I don't know if that's enough. What I saw, uh, people are, are, um, leaving for Mexico to buy food and then they're coming back across the river with their food and, and retail, you know, kind of necessities. Uh, so there's this, um, sort of allowed, uh, trade and commerce happening between the, uh, camp and the Mexico side because it's the only way these people are, are able to eat. But ultimately every one of them is going to be paroled into the United States and they'll be, uh, dis- distributed across the country uh, by bus and airplane right out of Del Rio and, and um, I, I want to say one other thing George is that you know when something like this is allowed to happen all of these folks have cell phones and they're telegraphing back downstream uh, to Latin America and uh, Mexico that the, the way is open, the, the way is clear they're letting us in uh, we will get into America one way or another, and so that is what's fueling this, in part. That's amazing. I mean that that's that is very very interesting. That uh, you know they continue to have these. Uh, we continue to see people with these cell phones, and uh, there is a, a, a coordination, a type of coordination going on uh, in this uh, in this border crisis. It's a grapevine. I mean, it's it's it makes sense. I mean. You know, you want to be in touch with the people who are who have made it in the, into the United States and, and get the, the lay of the land. And and when they say that it's clear, it's open, nobody's stopping us. In fact, they're waving us through and giving us tickets and uh, you know processing us in. And you know now we're with our cousins in Florida. You know that is what causes and fuels the crisis. Uh, the Biden administration either uh, knows that and uh, appreciates it and is using it to get more and more people over or they don't know anything about how this works which is maybe even more alarming that they wouldn't know this but I, I'm going with the former I think they're doing it on purpose Yeah, I don't know why they're doing it but they are they're, I'll just say this that you know in the camp there are border patrol vehicles and um National Guard uh, uh, groups, and they just stand there and let them come in. They're under stand-down orders. There's no question that they are ordered to leave these people alone and let them come and go between the two countries as they please. Now, let me ask you this, because um, because on Wednesday, or on Thursday, rather, on Thursday morning, uh, the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, went on and said that he was closing he was ordering the closing of six entry points. A little while later in the day, he said no. And then also my understanding was that the Biden administration threatened legal actions over overtaking any, over closing any border entry. What's the story on that? I don't know, George, honestly. I didn't, I I don't know how the state of Texas is going to close yes. a federally controlled border. That was my question. <laughs> I mean, there there are some things I guess they could do. For example, bring in 
Department of um, Transportation uh, earth movers and, and dig up the road or something <laughs> on the Texas side. Uh, you know, I mean, that would shut it down. And uh, But uh, I'm not seeing anything like that. I don't know what they're talking about when they when Texas talks about closing a border uh, entry. They, they have no control over the border. They have control over the roads leading from the border. They could potentially put a bunch of tractor trailers in there and block the road and say, you know, no more commerce from Mexico. Yeah. Oh, that would go over big. Now, let me ask you this other question. Um, If, I mean, if there was ever any effort to remove these people back to uh, Mexico, to remove them out of the United States, uh, how would that happen? Would that immediately create a, a riot? Well, uh, here's the thing. Um, they're saying that the, that at present federal resources, the with you know the number of personnel in this camp that are processing people out of it, that it's going to take three weeks for the last ones who have like came in yesterday. They'll be in there for three weeks. The ones that came in first might be in there for a week. Uh, but the the point is is that that is a lot of time for people to live in conditions that they don't like. And we have seen what happens when immigrant groups this large uh, get put in situations like that in Guatemala and on the southern border of Mexico, they riot and they crash the gate and everybody just slams through, right through and runs. And so the people that I talk to, uh, CBP privately, because nobody's allowed to go on the record, are very, very worried about something like that happening. They have very few Border Patrol available or DPS. They would all be very quickly overwhelmed and swamped if that were to happen. So the more people that show up in this camp, the more likely it is that something like that will happen. Wow. And that is going to be really something to behold because you can imagine – you know, 5,000 people just running pell-mell through the city of Del Rio across roads and traffic and, and uh, into homes and across properties. And, you know, to what end, I don't know, but, you know, they'll be free. Wow. Incredible, incredible. Um, how would you summarize the situation at this point, buddy? I, I, I got to just tell you, I have never, I've been covering the border for a lot of years and I have never seen anything like this. I was in that camp yesterday. It was uh, like the third world. It was just like being in Haiti. Uh, there had to be trash piles everywhere. Uh, just thousands and thousands of people, thousands of people coming through uh, like this. And it is, this is a really uh, something unusual from the, of what we've seen on the border in the border crisis you know the Biden administration has been waving through hundreds of thousands of family units down in the Rio Grande but you never really see those people detained or, or put in one place for longer than a few days uh, that they move them through pretty fast orderly uh, into the country but this thing is something different uh, 10,000 people, I can see this thing becoming 15,000 in a real quick hurry. Uh, that is very different. And why, why Del Rio? Yeah, I've got a question for you. Why Del Rio? Why Why are they congregating there, not in El Paso or Laredo, or, you know, or maybe they are? I don't know, uh, George, but I am on my way to the Mexican side this morning. Oh, be careful. I intend to, I will, and I intend to interview as many of the immigrants on that side as possible, and I will be asking them, why here? Who told you to come here? Uh, because the cartels are not, on the on the Acuna side, are, are in, in historically not that interested in the smuggling aspect. They don't typically charge them to cross over the river. They cross on their own, and they don't have to pay. And I think that may be one reason because it's it's a little bit cartel thin in terms of you know they're not the cartels aren't onerous but or they weren't for a while but I do I am hearing stories about kidnappings and things like that happening over on the other side. Wow. Well, my friend, uh, tell them where they can um, read more of your of your stuff and and tell them a little bit about your book as we close here. 
Okay, yeah. So my reporting uh, from from the camp is up this morning at cis.org, Center for Immigration Studies.org. My video from the camp and my writing about how it all works on the inside of that camp is there, and it's exclusive. The DHS and the federal government is not allowing reporters in there. I managed to get in there uh, on my own. And um, so you, you'll see video and reportage that uh, nobody else has, even though the New York Times is down here in the Washington Post. Uh-huh. They are starting to um, take notice. This is something that I don't think the Biden administration is going to be able to ignore for that long. Um, and uh, also, my book is America's Covert Border War, and that's about uh, how uh, the, it's the threat of jihadist infiltration at the border and what's real and what's not real about that. That's on Amazon, America's Covert Border War, or Barnes & Noble, anywhere that books are sold. And toddbensman.com. That's my... I also have a new a Getter account, G-E-T-G-R, uh, which is like Twitter. And uh, you can find me on that or Twitter. Thanks, man. Todd, thank you very, very much. Be careful down there, and we'll be talking to you again soon. All right. Thanks. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez at Conservador. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez at Conservador on KLUP 930 AM radio in San Antonio, and we've got uh, our good friend, Mr. Ira Melman from the uh, Federation for Immigration Reform in Washington, D.C., better known as FAIR, and uh, I wanted to reach out to him. We haven't chatted with him in a while. I wanted to reach out and ask him about, uh, to give us an update from their perspective in D.C. of what um, the border crisis looks like and what the Biden administration's actions are. Ira, thank you tell, for taking time to be with us this afternoon. Uh, can you tell us, uh, give us an give us an update of what you see uh, from your perspective there in D.C.? Well, not much has changed along the border. Uh, the August numbers are now out, uh, and the apprehensions in August were roughly the same as they were in July, which was kind of a high watermark. Uh, so it, it is continuing unabated. Uh, in spite of the fact that the administration says that they're still removing people under Title 42, and they are, uh, but yeah, I think it accounts for fewer than half of the apprehensions because a lot of people are exempted uh, from being returned under Title 42. Title 42 was the provision that was invoked uh, under COVID uh, to prevent people from coming into the United States. And uh, it, it, you know, it, it has been somewhat effective, but was effective under Trump administration, uh, the Biden administration is continuing it, but not, you know, at, at full force. Uh, so, you know, you have the situation continuing as it has been ever since President Biden took office. Now you have additional threats uh, posed by the Biden administration's failed foreign policies. Uh, the Pentagon is is uh, cautioning excuse me, that there is an enhanced chance of some kind of terrorist activity. Uh, and we have a wide open border. Uh, that that presents a, a whole new range of problems that the United States needs to face right now. Uh, in addition to just the normal uh, or abnormally high levels of illegal immigration, uh, we now face enhanced terrorist threats, and the administration, again, does not seem to be taking it all that seriously. The uh, There have also been situations where uh, some of the Border Patrol have been shot at, uh, presumptuously, I guess, by the cartels. Uh, to try to get them out of the way because, uh, well, because they want to conduct their their uh, uh, their trade. Uh, thoughts on that? It is a very dangerous situation. You, as you point out, uh, the smuggling operations are controlled by these cartels. These are international criminal organizations. Uh, for the most part, they are better armed than our border patrol. They have millions and millions of dollars at stake every day. Uh, in terms of smuggling human beings into the United States. Uh, and they are certainly not going to let a Border Patrol agent stand between uh, between them uh, and 
making all that money that they've gotten used to making. And by the way, this is not just affecting the United States. Uh, the Mexican government is very, very concerned. As you know, Mexico has a huge problem with these criminal cartels. They are vying for power with the established government of Mexico. Uh, and this is just making it stronger, them stronger and more of a challenge to the Mexican government. In fact, you know, ironically, uh, the president of Mexico, Lopez Obrador, uh, is doing more, uh, to protect uh, us from illegal immigration than our own president is. Uh, you know, he is trying to secure his southern border, uh, detaining people from coming up to the United States. So this is a situation where we have our neighbors to the south who are more concerned about it than the administration in power in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Incredible. Um, let me ask you about this tragic situation. On um, on Tuesday, the um or, or uh, maybe on Monday, the Biden administration ad, uh, announced that they were going to restart a uh, an Obama uh, project or program initiative that uh, would allow for Central American miners uh, to enter the United States uh, again, I guess, to be reunited with their families. And then uh, the next day, early in the morning, uh, two little kids two little kids less than uh, two years old, one uh, a baby in a crib, uh, were found abandoned by the Rio Grande. Uh, I mean, don't these folks in Washington understand that they are encouraging child abuse? They, I imagine they do understand it. But, you know, I think all the evidence points to the fact that Getting our borders as wide open as possible trumps any other consideration on the part of this administration. They recognize the dangers to the country. They recognize the dangers to the migrants. They recognize the dangers to the, to the children who are uh, being used in this way. But they don't care. Uh, their, their only objective here is to... Uh, rendering our immigration laws ineffective. And, you know, I guess they, they've been successful at that so far, but it comes at a terrible human cost. And this is not the only example. I mean, this is just the latest example of children who have been put in harm's way. And, and we don't even know how many children die along the way uh, because they never make it to our borders. So th- this really is the responsibility of the president and his administration, and it's going to continue uh, as long as he perpetuates these policies. Now, the, the Central American Minor Program that you mentioned is kind of an attempt at changing the optics here. Instead of having these kids being brought to the United States by smugglers, uh, the United States government is going to provide transportation and bring them here in spite of the fact that they are otherwise ineligible for admission to the United States. Uh, And and this is being done under some uh, imagined power that the president can simply say, I am going to parole people into the United States. Uh, The president has very limited authority to take people into the United States who would not be eligible under extraordinary circumstances where there is some national security consideration or some very imminent danger. Uh, But it doesn't give him the power to simply say we're going to allow entire classes of people who are ineligible to enter the United States to come in here. Uh, And yet this is what uh, President Obama tried. It was ended by President Trump. And now uh, President Biden is trying to revive it. Um, The final comment or final question that I've got for you is this situation that we're seeing in the uh, in the House. and I guess to a certain degree in the Senate, but mostly in the House, where they are trying to tie an amnesty uh, to the 3.5 trillion uh, or yeah trillion dollar uh, budget, uh, they are desperately trying to provide an amnesty uh, in that. Um, what have you heard? What do you? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that they are going to try to do this. The you know the hitch is going to be in the Senate, uh, where you you need sixty votes to get um, anything through, uh, and so the Democrats are trying to include this, as you point out, in the budget bill, which is exempt from the sixty vote uh, majority to get things through. And you know a lot of this may come down to one person here in the United States. 
uh, a person probably most people have never heard of. Her name is Elizabeth McDonough. She is the parliamentarian of the Senate, and she will likely have to rule on whether uh, this is allowed under Senate rules because uh, the budget reconciliation exemption only applies to bills that directly affect in some substantial way the budget, the federal budget. Uh, in fact, if you look at the analyses that have been done, this is going to have a vastly negative effect on the federal budget. It could cost uh, an additional trillion dollars to the American taxpayers in future Social Security and Medicare payments that would result from all these illegal aliens becoming legal residents of the United States. So, you know, it, it could balloon this already monstrous, this already monstrous $3.5 trillion bill to, to about $4.5 trillion. Uh, so, you know, we all have to hope that um, Ms. McDonough does her job and recognizes that this has no place in a budget bill. Wow. I- incredible. I mean, just the the, the arrogance and uh, ju- the thumbing of their noses at, at, the, at the Constitution as well as uh, the sovereignty. I mean, they just don't care about the sovereignty of our nation, it seems like. No, uh, they care about just opening up those borders. The Biden administration's immigration policy is being run by people who have advocated for open borders and mass amnesty for for decades. Um, you know, ultimately the, re- the responsibility rests with President Biden. He appointed these people, uh, but it is clear that they are dictating the policies. Um, you know, you've heard the president saying many times he doesn't want to go anything off his cue cards because it'll yeah get them in trouble there so um this is what we're faced with and you know we're just going to have to work doubly hard to make sure that they don't succeed wow ira thank you very very much for taking time to be with us today uh let the folks know how they can uh, support and where they can follow uh fair the best place to go is to our website, which is fairus.org. That's F-A-I-R-U-S dot O-R-G. Uh, and that, you know, you'll find all the information there, especially now. Uh, you know, we're coming down to crunch time as this $3.5 trillion bill moves through. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of stuff in there that people need to know about. You got it. Once again, my friends, we've been speaking with our good friend Ira Melman from the Federation for Immigration Reform in uh, Washington and uh, thank you very much for being with us pleasure thank you George Rodriguez El Conservador thank you very much hi folks this is George Rodriguez El Conservador looking for information on immigration borders refugee resettlement asylum claims nationalism and globalism Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Jason Jones, bar none as far as the uh, as far as his expertise on border crime. And I wanted to reach out to him because, uh, first of all, we need an update of what's happening here at the border uh, with crime. But also, I want him to comment uh, a recent article that came out uh, a couple of days ago, Jason, uh, it says that uh, the family of the incoming border state governor of Nuevo León, Samuel Garcia Sepulveda, um, that he is the nephew of the former Gulf cartel boss Gilberto El Juné uh, Garcia, and uh, apparently who has been imprisoned by the Mexican authorities. Uh, he was imprisoned by the Mexican authorities in 2001. So once again, we see the, um, the intertwining, and I'll use that word politely, the intertwining of Mexican politics, particularly on the border and uh, the cartels. So welcome to the show. Talk to us, my man. <laughs> yeah, as always, great to be with you, George. Thanks for having me. And you're so right, you know. 
That's why I always go back to when we talk about the cartels today, we truly see them in a parallel government within Mexico. And if we were right now with a cartel boss and we were talking to him, and as I've done many times in the past, and you, you were to say, what's the difference between the cartels and the government? They laugh and they say there is no difference. It's one and the same. And the, the, you, know, you can just look at the numerous governors across Mexico that have been apprehended uh, and arrested and convicted of working directly with the cartels and for corruption over the many years. So this is nothing new and just part of exactly why we've got to designate cartels as foreign terrorists. Which is very, very interesting because we keep hearing from this administration, the Biden administration, who wants to work, their word, work with uh, the Mexican government. Um, you know, we've seen the Mexican government cave uh, to, the, um, to the cartels, like when they were going to arrest El Chapo's son uh, in Jalisco, and they, they had to back off. Um, you know, how can you work with a government uh, that is so tied to the cartels? Yeah, well, that's exactly right. And then not only that, you know, like you just identified what happened with the video of Guzman, the son of Chapo, you know, where literally they were forced to release him back to the cartel. And it goes to show, you know, everything we have talked about. And the worst part is that our own government, never mind what's happening in Mexico, look at the impact of transnational crime on our own country. You know, we're at 93,331 overdoses in 2020. George, we have never been here where we are. And I get very frustrated. You know, I was on Tucker Friday night. I have been screaming this, as you know, for years. And you start to wonder, you know, how is it that we can have this level of government data validating everything I'm saying coming from the CDC and our own government agencies? You know, millions of people streaming across our border, not just from Mexico, but from around the world. And no, no one is held accountable. You see no accountability. You see no one being fired. And, you know, I'm with the rest of America as frustrated as they all are because they should be. What is happening is absolutely unacceptable. Uh, you know, uh, but what, what do you do? You know, we see it. We feel it. I think every reasonable and prudent person in this country knows it. We know that every state in this in this country is affected by this unsecure border and by these cartels Yet we we hear nothing about it from the fbi from the department of justice from the drug czar whose job it is to create new policies so i'm with you on the frustration and believe me i, I live it every day buddy i've been at this you know trying to get these cartels designated for four and a half years and you know, there's just no leadership, and it is. We have to recognize where we are. What about this new, this new uh, situation that we've got with the fall of Afghanistan? Now, um, they have. Uh, they're reluctant. The Biden administration is reluctant to admit it, but they have found that there were some uh, some folks that got on the planes uh, for for these refugees that uh, had questionable backgrounds. Now, that's how they, that's their word, questionable backgrounds. In my opinion, they're probably terrorists, and they know it. Um, so do you think that there would be, or that there will be a development of uh, these terrorist groups with these cartels to uh, get smuggled across the border? Well, I can tell you what we know, and then I'll tell you what I think we're going to see. We know historically there have been there has been a long uh, trail of long haul smugglers who have been moving Afghanis, Afghanis into the United States through the southern border. You know, they come across in ones and twos, very small numbers, but the routes are very clear and the amount they charge. So usually it's between fifteen to twenty thousand dollars. Uh, Afghanis are then shipped over with fake passports to Saudi Arabia or to Qatar, the Gulf states. And then they take an additional flight, either usually into Brazil and South America or into Ecuador. And then from there, they are daisy chained up. Now, what we see, that's the historical pattern, okay? 
now let's let's overlay that with where we are now and what's happening in Afghanistan. You know, I said publicly that when we began to see a movement of people in large groups to the Istan countries, Pakistan, Uzbekistan, et cetera, Kazakhstan, all of those, that that's when we would probably start to see refugee camps as we now see emerging. And then from there, that's where these long haul smugglers will go in and then begin to move these people, not only to the United States, but around the world. What bothers me the most of all of this is not the routes or the movements of these folks to the U.S. What bothers me the most is someone who has led programs and led agents who are assigned to the Joint Terrorism Task Forces across Texas and been very uh, intimate in some of these investigations. When you're dealing with people who are radicalized, you would be stunned about what triggers them. You know, a drone strike that doesn't even make national news, but is on, posted on social media may very be the very well be the thing that's the tipping point for these people. And you've got to stay with them, George, for a very long period of time. And I won't ever talk about how we do that and what those processes are. But what I can tell you that worries me here is that extremists all over the world Islamic terrorist groups have had a breath of air. They have been emboldened by what they have seen. And what their perception is, this is not mine, but this is what theirs is, that the United States government lost in Afghanistan. And for that, that right there alone represents a massive problem. Now, you overlay that with the billions of dollars in infrastructure we left in armored vehicles, weapons, aircraft, etc. We are going to see things we have never seen from this. And I can promise you that if you were behind that Homeland Security Enterprise wall and listening to the intelligence coming in, you would absolutely just be shaking your head right now. Yeah. Because we are you know, we're already dealing with, you know, so many people coming into the United States that the normal processes have been derailed that protect us. And I, I don't talk about those programs, but just by the sheer numbers. Now, add all of this onto it, you see what I'm talking about. That's what bothers me the most out of what we're, what we're seeing right now. Well, and there's, and then again, there's the situation of the, uh, of the morale of the folks that are supposed to be defending us at the border, the Border Patrol themselves. Not only are they, are they uh, is the morale low, low, they are getting sick because of the COVID and everything else that's coming across the border. Uh, absolutely, and they're exhausted. I mean, George, I talk to them every single day, whether it's a local law enforcement officer, a state police officer, or a federal law enforcement officer, usually someone with CBP. And I will tell you, I've never seen morale so low, and you can't blame them because you know, you've got an agency of the United States Customs and Border Protection, which, by the way, to all of them listening, that's a fantastic organization with great people. But they have absolutely been abandoned by the B the DHS Secretary, Mayorkas. And he talks publicly about a collaborative whole-of-government environment, but yet you see no action from the FBI. You see no assets from that agency supporting them on the ground between the ports of entry. You see nothing from DEA, HSI, and others. Now, HSI, in fairness, did send a few, uh, about 80 agents down, but you know what they're doing? Literally, 1911 special agents are doing nothing but transporting people to help make processing more effective <laughs> versus national security. And do you notice, too, George, None of us ever hear from Mayorkas about what's happening with the national security issues at the border. It's always about faster, more efficient processing. That's all you hear about. Wow. Uh, let me ask you one last thing before we, we let you go. Is this issue of these instant incidents of, uh, of uh, shootings at uh, the uh, Border Patrol from across the river? Um, any thoughts and comments about that? Sure. What that is, is that's the cartels being emboldened. What is different about this surge and, and what the folks need to know is that with every surge, we see something different. In this surge, the cartels have made so much money from the adjustment of human smuggling to human trafficking because they're charging such huge fees to these migrants that are crossing that they're making huge amounts of money. I don't want to say more than drugs, but it is it is very much equivalent. And they are now truly a commodity like we've never seen before. And so what you were seeing in Isleta, 
near El Paso with those two shootings recently that you're talking about. But you have to remember, the cartel said in a narco banner that Border Patrol better stop messing with their alien smuggling groups and their smugglers or they were going to fire because bullets would cross that border, they said, in their banners. And sure enough, within three weeks, they started firing on officers. So they told us what they were going to do, and then they did it. Now go down to South Texas, we're seeing, where we are seeing gun battles that are lasting literally hours on end, multiple days a week, uh, across from Roma, Texas, and across from La Jolla, Texas, like we saw a week and a half ago. We literally had to pull National Guard and Border Patrol off the line because bullets were coming into the United States. So that's where we are, but yet... I will tell you, it gets very frustrating that yet you hear nothing from the DHS secretary about that. You hear nothing from any of the leadership. And this, you know, there is a lot more going on than just people crossing that border uh, into this country. And that's yet all you hear about. And for me, these are all national security concerns that affect every American across this country, not just along that southern border. Wow. Buddy, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us, as usual. Tell the folks where they can follow you and, and uh, listen to you. Yeah, absolutely. You can find us at jasonjones.com, that's J-A-E-S-O-N, or at tripwirestriggers.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.